0: This morning, the scripture is from Genesis 22, 1 through 14. This is the text we'll be studying for the communion meditation later on. So I invite you to open your Bibles to follow along, or it'll also be on the screen if you'd like to follow it that way. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they had come to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen.
1: Well, today you've had the uh, scripture already read for you. Genesis 22, 1 through 14, the sacrifice of Isaac. During my course of study this week, I was reading an entry on a blog that relates to our story of Abraham offering Isaac to God. The writer was using this Bible story as a parallel in his own life about how he had given up his job as a pastor. And this job had been a personal dream job. And this story in Genesis was the last one he preached. And in the ensuing months and years, because of life circumstances, it came to mean something more to him than perhaps it would have otherwise. Here's the question that he gleaned from the story. What if taken away from you would cause you a great crisis of identity. See, this man had a huge crisis of who he was. When what he was holding on to so tightly, being a pastor, was something that he felt God was telling him to relinquish. Not due to anything that he had done. And in that process, he came to see how all of us have parts of our lives that we love so much that if they were suddenly gone, it would cause us to lose our way. Now, this is a good question for us to consider, and this passage can yield many ways of understanding our relationship with the Lord and what he asks of us. But first, we need to acknowledge that this is a challenging story. As we read it, we see its dramatic nature that fits in with everything that we've heard so far and studied about Abraham's life. We've talked about the painful lessons that Sarah and Abraham have endured on their journey. They've come through so much and now they're settled. They have a boy of their own. They're at peace with their neighbors. They're assured the promise of God. And Abraham is told to do the unthinkable. There's much that we could discuss here theologically as this passage is full of questions which are largely unanswerable. how we think about them certainly will contribute to our attitude toward God and what we believe in him as we hold some of these questions in tension. Does God test us? Does he ask us to give up what we have wished for all of our lives? Why would God need to have Abraham show proof? of his love for him in this emotionally scarring way. Isn't this just mean? Abraham would have known about the notion of offerings to the Lord. He himself had made markers in homage to God, had 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 places where he had given the Lord honor. He'd given back a 10th of his victory earnings after a battle. But remember that there's no... Jewish religion yet system of doing things. So Abraham is doing what seems right while listening when God speaks and doing what is asked of him. Those who practice pagan religions around him would have indeed offered sacrifices, sometimes even human ones. He is in the land of Canaan where the God who provided fertility can demand part of what has been given. In this way, the God is appeased and may be generous in the future. Perhaps to Abraham, what God was asking made sense. Because it could be expected in his culture. And God has the right to do whatever God wants. Even Isaac knows there's supposed to be a lamb. What makes less sense though, and Abraham must have thought this too. Was God taking away a precious gift. That had been part of an agreement between the two of them. A son whom he and Sarah had waited over 30 years to have. Someone to carry his name. Remember that Abraham was not averse to arguing with God. When God was going to destroy the entire towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham pleads with him to consider that there might be righteous people who live there. And so he bargains with God until the number of righteous people went from 50 to 10. And God agrees. Okay, Abraham, if I find that many, they'll be spared. Thus, Abraham's relative Lot and his family are saved. So it's interesting that in this case, Abraham does not argue with the Lord He understands full well from the opening words what is being required. Take your son Isaac, your only son, whom you love and offer him there as a burnt offering in the place I will show you. It's very clear which son. It's very clear that God knows Abraham loves Isaac and what will happen when they arrive at the mountain. Abraham does not express anger. Nor does he crumple in a mass of tears, nor does he question God's motive, nor does he protest that this is too much to ask. Although he may have felt all of those things, we may feel them as we read this today. What Abraham does is obey. He packs up what is needed, including his son. He travels three days to where God leads them. He tells the servants to stay back while they are still far away, indicating that he and Isaac will return after they both have worshipped. Did you hear that? He and Isaac will return after they both worship. Now, that's something for us to think about. If Abraham knows God's exact request, why? Did he say that? Why did he explain to his servants in that way? Well, the writers of Hebrews have something to say about this. This is what the writers of Hebrews says. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who received the promises was ready to offer up his only son, of whom he had been told. It is through Isaac that descendants shall be named for you. He considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Somehow, Abraham believed that God would save his son. The pastor I mentioned earlier asked where our identity would be if we were forced to give up something that we love. So this morning... We must ask, is there something that we are holding on to so tightly that it has become more important than the Lord? One of the truths that we realize here is that God is the one who gives us all we have. Isaac was a gift. It was God who told them they would have a son. It was God who nurtured the dream. They wished a long time to meet that little kid, but still he did not belong to them. In the passage we read, God is making sure that the promised gift was not more important to Abraham than he, the Lord Almighty, was. Because when any of us put the gift above the giver, then we engage in false worship. We don't have to bow down to a golden statue to practice idolatry. When we give someone or something so much of who we are that we turn away from the Lord who generously gave us the gift to begin with, then we too have made that something an idol. Just as Abraham was ready to do what was asked, God stops him and says, Now I know that you fear God. You have not withheld your son, your only son from me. God knew what was in Abraham's heart. So maybe this wasn't a test for God to know the truth. But it was for Abraham to know how much his relationship with God was really first in his life. In the end, God does what Abraham tells Isaac will happen God himself provided what was needed for the offering. He always provides what is needed for the offering. When confronted with the question of who was more important, Isaac or the Lord, Abraham was willing to give up his son in order to affirm his relationship with the creator. And yet while we may struggle... With God staging such a scenario in the first place, we see generations later that God did not spare his son. That God indeed sacrifices his only son in order to affirm his desire to have relationship with us. Just as God provided the sacrifice to save Isaac years ago, he has provided an eternal lamb to save us today to be the sacrifice for our sins for our punishment. But God here is not a God of vindictiveness, but of grace, of grace and mercy that pours down through generations to us today. By reading the story, we understand in a deeper level how hard it is, how hard it was for God to see Jesus crucified. So as you come forward today to receive what was freely given to you, at a great cost consider what it is that you are most clinging to in this life as we hold the things of this world lightly let us hold on to the lord as tightly as we can because nothing else here is our hope he is our hope the time of communion is a time of realigning our heart to put him first so may Yahweh speak words of life as we seek him this morning, as we thank him for the gift, and as we accept his life given for us.